Right. So what ACO is, it's a multidisciplinary provider group where Medicare is incentivizing uh, health systems and, and general practice and other disciplines to essentially collaborate and share information and, and share um, just care plans with one another to really reduce the risk of chronic disease. Welcome to the Becoming a Pharmacy Badass podcast, where we talk about how to diversify your revenue streams, increase your net income, and optimize your operations to create the pharmacy of your dreams. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hello, wonderful people. Dr. Lisa Faust here with Diversify RX, and I have an old friend of mine and definitely a friend of independent pharmacy, Chris Ray. Many of you probably know him from BioLite. Uh, he has probably talked to someone at your pharmacy. I think he's probably the one person in the entire country that has literally talked to every independent pharmacy, but we are not going to be talking about BioLite today. Well, maybe a little bit. We are going to be talking about ACOs. And so before we dive into those, um, Chris, I just want to say thank you for joining me. Thank you for bringing this topic up. Um, this, I think it's an important one, one that I really haven't thought about. So thank you for kind of uh, pushing that forward. Um, but for somebody who may not... Uh, know you or recognize you, go ahead and give us a little introduction. Yeah, thanks, Lisa, for having me. My name is Chris. I've been working in the independent pharmacy business for about a decade now and just really am passionate about, you know, the community service model that independent pharmacy is all about. And I've just had the privilege to get to know so many people in, the, in this industry and go out and visit stores. And it's just been such an excellent opportunity and, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about researching and, and seeing what's on the horizon. So accountable care organizations are something that's pretty important to community health. And it's being uh, an initiative of Medicare right now. And we need to find out how pharmacies can utilize their strengths to get involved. Yeah, so a ACOs, and this might be something as a pharmacy owner, uh, you know, another acronym in our pharmacy alphabet soup. And I think, you know, whether a pharmacy owner's kind of ran into an ACO, if you will, before, maybe depends on where they're at geographically. Um, as I've owned pharmacies in many different states, and I've actually lived in some different states, in some states I've lived in, they were nowhere to be found. And in other states, they were everywhere. You know, every doctor was a part of an ACO and there was no such thing really as independent practice anymore. And so um, give us an overview of what an ACO is. What is its function? Why do they exist? And, you know, why do we as pharmacy owners, uh, you know, we can kind of get into like, why do we need to care <laughs> about them? Right. So what an ACO is, it's a multidisciplinary provider group where Medicare is incentivizing uh, health systems and, and general practice and other disciplines to essentially collaborate and share information and, and share um, just care plans with one another to really reduce the risk in, of chronic disease. So in healthcare, in the past, we've all pretty much operated on silos, and that's really been a disincentive for chronic disease management. And when Medicare paid just for volume-based care, uh, you know, that really worked from a financial standpoint, but now uh, that's just not sustainable. So what Medicare is doing is, is they're saying, hey, look, we, we will give you a, a bundle of money and the more efficient you are and the more you can collaborate and work through uh, the, these patient populations and the high, the high risk patient populations, then the more you're going to get to take home. Yeah. So really kind of what it does, you know, going how you talked about Medicare gives a, a bucket of money is 
it kind of removes the risk from Medicare. So if they have a hundred patients, you know, with an ACO, they're going to pay that ACO a flat per patient fee. And so they know exactly what their costs are. And it's up to that ACO to efficiently use those dollars. And so they like to do things like preventative care and they like to do early detection because that will save them money. And they basically only get paid, uh, you know, in terms of like bringing home the bacon, they only get paid uh, of what's left over. So if they poorly spend that money and provide a lot of unneeded or wasted care, then they're just taking it out of their own pocket. So it is a unique way of like, how to handle care where there isn't just this unlimited faucet that's going to keep paying for services. Uh, you know, you need to work within a, basically a budget for, for each patient. And, um, you know, when I lived in Florida, ACOs were everywhere. And I don't know if that's just because of the maybe senior population of the snowbirds or whatnot, but it seemed like ACOs were everywhere. Whereas where I was at in California, I, I never ran into them as a pharmacy owner. And maybe that's because we had Kaiser, which is kind of like its own, you know, ACO entity. And so how can pharmacy owners like, why should we care about ACOs? Where do pharmacies fit into that? Because you mentioned a multidisciplinary approach, um, which actually includes pharmacies um, um, in that. And so where do you see pharmacies and ACOs, you know, meeting up for mutual benefit? Oh, Lisa, it's, it's going to be so valuable for pharmacies to get integrated into this system. You know, really the strength of community-based pharmacy is that relationship that they have with the patients, the drug optimization and utilization aspect of it, and then the education. Because of that trust relationship, you know, the pharmacies are accessible to these folks and they can really, you know, be on the ground floor doing basic level testing, basic level screening and education. And the neat thing is a lot of the pharmacies are already doing the things that the ACOs are graded on, um, you know, like medication adherence, immunization completion rates, you know, things that are really important and very transparent. One of the cool things about ACOs is that all the data of how they're graded, what they're graded on, what they are currently doing well and not well is right there on the internet for anybody to see. And then you can see all the providers and the medical director of the ACO uh, that you're looking into. So you can reach out to those folks and see if you can get involved. But, you know, independent pharmacy obviously is being challenged right now with, you know, dispensing uh, reimbursement. So getting integrated into these contracts with these accountable care organizations and helping them meet their metrics that is a way to, uh, you know, get payment for that education and strength that you have in community pharmacy. Yeah, I think a lot of these ACO organizations kind of recognize the value of the pharmacist. And I'll be honest that it's probably more of a monetary, hey, we can pay a pharmacy less than what we can pay a doctor to do this same kind of service. So they may, not, they may not be looking at us altruistically, but I think it's a great opportunity where we can step in and and showcase and, and maybe it's even get some practice, if you will, um, you know, using that muscle uh, for pharmacists and getting more experience so that when new things happen or Medicare gives us provider status, or we work with you know, another type of organization, we, we get some of that under our belt and know how to navigate within these. So you know, whether whatever the motivation or intention is on the ACOs, they actually look very fondly at pharmacists. And I think it's something that we do need to take advantage of and become a part of that ecosystem because we can perform a lot of those activities, like you said, that they're getting measured on um, for those Medicare patients. We all know about compliance. We all know how 
non-compliance leads to greatly increased medical costs, um, mostly because I like to talk to what I usually tell lay people, it's not because they miss the dose that is the problem. I mean, yes, that, that produces problems, but it's that the doctor assumes that they never missed the dose. And so then they start to treat based on the fact that they never missed the dose. And that's where overprescription prescribing and side effects and all of that come in is because we assume our patients are taking their medications. And so that's really where the focus is of the ACO is at is to reduce that expenses um, because they have a capitated budget um, per patient. So what would be your recommendation for a pharmacy that is like, this is kind of interesting. Um, how would they find out if there's ACOs in their area? How would they know who to contact? What does that initial outreach look like? Right. So all this data and information is on CMS.gov. There's an innovation center link that uh, you can bring up and, and put in a state or a zip code, and it will pull up any of the groups and what model that they're using in your community. Um, and then you can research to see who is that medical director and, and reach out to them. And uh, the playbook's already laid out for you because it shows you what that model is being graded on. Uh, so you can say, yep, we, we are uh, proficient in this and we can help them with this. So that's a way that if you want to do it on uh, entry level to do it in your community, just look at cms.gov. Um, if you want to get involved with some uh, other opportunities, you know, CPSN is obviously working to integrate pharmacies and use these clinical initiatives approach uh, ACO groups and other payers, whether it be self-insured entities or health systems that are doing this type of model. So getting involved with your local CPSN chapter is a good opportunity. And then uh, we have already done a lot of legwork in East Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Uh, my local CPSN network that I'm affiliated with, we have a contract with an ACO that has seen the value in uh, independent pharmacy. So they are working with us uh, to scale that opportunity nationally. So they came to NCPA and did a CE and were at the NCPA CPSN booth, uh, the medical director and the chief operation officer. And essentially what that opportunity would be is, hey, if you have providers that aren't part of an ACO or not happy with the affiliation that they're dealing with, Emergent is the, the entity and y'all can look them up. They would, uh, would vet them and get them involved in, in this model and uh, give them access to an information exchange record that the pharmacies have access to as well. So you can communicate and see real-time data. And then the care planning from uh, the CPSN network is going into this database. So that would be an excellent opportunity for pharmacies to um, essentially reach out to providers and say, hey, this is an opportunity for you to get involved in value-based payment. And then that there's already that built-in contract through through the CPSN network. What is, I know, so CPSN network has tons of local chapters, as you mentioned. So if somebody isn't already like embedded with their CPSN local chapter, how do they go about finding who that is? Yeah, so CPSN just uh, redid their website. So if you get on just the CPSN USA website, uh, there will be contact information for your state chapter, uh, you know, officer. And then all those officers have information on this opportunity. Uh, we're really trying to, you know, a merchant said, look, you know, this is a unique opportunity for us to really embed in independent pharmacy into the, the practice. They've seen how well it worked in Tennessee and Virginia, and they've even 
been able to help us leverage getting um, uh, a better contract with Caremark on our Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, drug dispensing contract. So, you know, they have a lot of uh, benefit to Medicare and to these uh, these insurance plans. So they're able to kind of use that that clout and help us on the pharmacy side. Um, and that's just part of the the incentive for for the pharmacies. There's the contract that states, hey, if you help us hit these protocols as a network, then you know there's uh, there's incentive back to the stores. Yeah, so there's the opportunity with Emergent, with CPSN, and then as you mentioned before, you know, lots of communities have ACOs in them, and you can go to the CMS website. Um, I think this is a really cool opportunity for pharmacies to um, collaborate with, you know, other healthcare providers, uh, collaborate with these particular patients, because we know that these are patients that need services, and the transparency of Basically, you're told what to go pitch them on because you you see what they're graded on, you see where they're excelling, you see where maybe they're not excelling, and you're like, hey, I can help you with that. Um, you know, let's talk, and you can basically get embedded, and they're willing to share some of that bucket of dollars as we talked about with the pharmacies in order to perform those services. And so this is a really unique opportunity, and I think you know it just helps you network better in your community, learn of more um, organizations and more pathways in order to expand. Uh, your services. So if somebody's interested in kind of finding out what Emergence is doing with CPSN, um, you know, what, what are the next steps for them? Yeah, definitely. So we have a, a job form that, you know, I'll send you, Lisa, and uh, they can fill out information about, you know, just their interest. And uh, we'll have somebody reach out to them and give them a little bit more deeper detail about what we can do to help and what, um, you know, what we're looking for in terms of partnerships with some of the providers in the community. Awesome. And I am not going to let you go without talking about BioLite because my husband would be very mad at me because he loves BioLite and he wants everybody to drink it. Um, tell us a little bit, if somebody's never heard of BioLite before, really quick, what is BioLite and why should they why should they care? Uh, yeah, thanks, Lisa. Yeah, it's a really innovative product. A physician made this when his wife had breast cancer. Uh, essentially, he made an oral IV bag. So it's got the electrolyte formulation of the the IV um, equivalent to about six to seven sports drinks from an electrolyte standpoint. And then he's added stuff for nausea and liver functioning. So it really helps you recover if you're feeling, if you're dealing with stomach bugs, sickness, uh, heat, exhaustion, cramping, you know, and it's got minimal sugar. So diabetics can use it and not really have the risk of as much blood sugar spiking. It's something that you can, uh, you know, Purchase through your full line wholesaler. We're stocked in the, the wholesalers now. And then if you need any resources, we have point of sale material I'll send to the store. Or if you just want to sample it you know, before you bring it in, please reach out. I'd be glad to collaborate with you. Yeah, it is. It is a powerful drink. Um, it is potent, um, but it's and it's not just for people with cancer. I mean, like you said, like, you know, sports athletes, my kids drink it, um, you know, after uh, practice and things like that. Uh, when we're doing uh, extenuous labor, when we're just get dehydrated. I mean, it's a good all around drink. So it's perfect for pharmacies. Um, we are in the middle of flu and respiratory season. I know strep throats going around really bad here in our town. And so every time you dispense an antibiotic, every time you 
you, you know, have a little shelf talker, put it right up by the cough, cough medication. We all know we don't drink enough fluids when we don't feel good. And so this is a great way to um, increase your hydration or to stay hydrated. So, well, Chris, thank you so much for um, chatting with us. Um, I love the ACO opportunity and the angle and if you are interested in that jot form, we will post it in the show notes and in the comments below. Um, and feel free to reach out to Chris uh, Ray over at BioLite. We'll put his contact information there if you want to give BioLite a, a try. And just thank you so much for your advocacy and friendship of independent pharmacy. Um, it certainly does not go unnoticed. I know I greatly appreciate it and many others do too. So thank you. Yeah, same here, Lisa. I love everything that you do for, for the community pharmacies and just the digestible information that they can take from your website and your group and this podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you have a more profitable pharmacy for free. One, join my free group at lisasrxgroup.com. Two, get the latest strategies at diversifyrx.com forward slash blog. Three, watch helpful videos at lisasyt.com. Four, hit that subscribe button and please be sure to leave us a five-star review so we can help more pharmacy owners and bring those insights back to you. Becoming a Pharmacy Badass is proud to be a part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.